Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Budja. Since making his mark on the scene in Australia at Fringe World, Broom Pride Festival, the Perth International Burlesque Festival, Adelaide Fringe, Vivid Sydney, and headlining a plethora of queer arts events around the country, today's guest has taken to the international stage and brought his one-of-a-kind productions and performances to the UK, including Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Today's guest is an, has extensive experiences, unique insights, and a hunger to do more, which has led to him producing his very own show, which has received many five-star reviews, as well as being a part of Geneva's Messy Friends, which received the very prestigious Martin Sims Award at the 2022 Fringe World Festival. This is a mouthful, and all of these shows will probably give you a clue straight away to who I'm talking about as today's guest. But if you haven't picked up on it yet. I am talking to the party prince of Perth, Flynn V. How are you? Oh, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> credits, 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 credits. We That's love to lot. see it. There's so many. As like I've seen that written out before and I'm like, oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that but actually <laughs> hearing it, I'm like, oh that's that's quite a bit. Yeah, I've seen it being like, yep, this seems correct and good and good and correct. And then going Oh no, it's soup. <laughs> but it's a good soup. We love a credit soup. That love is like that's the best type to be to like have and be Absolutely. a part of. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Award soup. Yes, where do I sign up? <laughs> well, the only, that's the best kind of soup to be honest. It is. It totally is. Okay, so you're an incredible drag performer and I, I always pretend that I have one question, which is, you know, supposed to be like, why insert art form here? Yeah. So let's pretend that that's what we're doing. So why drag for you? Um, well, I have a background in performing. I've performed my whole entire life. I wow. started doing music theatre when I was like four years old and kind of did that all throughout and um, went to WAPA for classical singing as well. <laughs> Same. And then I was just like, oh, this is not it. This mm. is not it for me. Oh, shocker. I know, right? Who I wonder how thought? convincing I can sound at that. <laughs> it's really shocking. You didn't find exactly what you wanted at Oh, no, never mind. No, never no. mind. I can't do it. I can't <laughs> do it. <laughs> and then I just started performing um, at different clubs, different events, mm. uh, especially in like the queer nightlife scene. And it was the first time that I ever felt creatively fulfilled in mm. a performance. And then I was like, oh, I haven't felt this feeling before. Yeah. Maybe this is the the moment. I didn't know you could feel good at the end of a show. <laughs> I know. I thought it was just anxiety and stress, but yep, it turns out you can through. feel great. Yeah, it turns out you can actually have a pleasant time. Yeah. <laughs> and then I um just did it. And then because I, I believed I was doing something a little bit different because mm. 
I didn't really feel like a drag king or a drag queen. Yep. I was just like, I'm a drag artist that does a bit of boylesque mm. and I want to just do my own thing. And yeah. then it slowly kind of picked up a bit of traction and then I was able to work. Yeah. It was well, amazing. <laughs> Someone kept paying me. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so as somebody who's, like, specifically carved their own path rather than, like, stay defined to a specific art form box, how have you found that in terms of, like, presenting yourself to the world? Is it more difficult, do you think? I think at first it was a bit difficult mm. because people didn't know how to digest it totally. and people wanted to put it into, well, you're not a drag queen, so what like, What are you? Mm. Oh, you're not a drag king. So, like, yeah. people wanted to put it into these categories. Yeah, and, and you're not, like, like, classic burlesque, so, no, like, what are we doing? <laughs> no, literally. So I was just like, let's just stop the labels. Mm. I think the best thing that describes me is a drag artist that does boylesque. Yeah, completely. And I always yeah. find it so funny that in the queer art scene we're still trying to put people in boxes. But, yeah. like, but can you define yourself in two words or less? And you're like, no. no, no. I'd rather not. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think as time has gone on and I believe, I mean, the longer I do it, I hope that the quality gets better and better. People mm. are like, oh, okay. He's... <laughs> He's serious about this. He's not just taking the piss. We've created a new box. It's called Flynn yeah. <laughs> over here. And that's yeah. just, you just live there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine. We imagine if could. that was the categories. Yes. You're just like sitting there and like you're doing one of those really fun EOI expression of interest. And there's just a box that says, what about Flynn? So it's drag king, drag queen or Flynn. Mm-hmm. Those are your three options. Wow. Could you imagine just being like, who else ticked Flynn? I would like. How dare you? I would like to know. Mm-hmm. And can we start a club? That can would I be... tick my box? Oh. <laughs> It's Gosh. the uh for me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's like, I'm going to leave the uh for a second and go way, way back machine. Um, You mentioned that you did musical theatre from like a very young age. What was that experience like for you? Um, I loved it. I did a stagecoach down at Stagecoach. It was like a theatre art school mm. uh, in Crawley. Oh, they have fun. a few different locations around um, the areas. Yeah, not an ad. <laughs> and no, not an ad. Um, Unless, and I, I mean, talk to me. <laughs> well, I did it till I was about, I want to say 14 or 15. Yeah. I was there, like, there for like 11 years. Wow. Um, so I kind of grew up just kind of doing it mm. and I found it really fun. It was once a week, every Saturday for three hours, one hour doing singing, one hour doing acting, one hour doing dance. And yep. it was and then being sent home a very tired child yeah. and, and a happy family, just yes. being like, oh, thank you so much. Absolutely. Now he'll nap. Yeah. And then <laughs> at the end of the nine week, it was like nine or ten week term, we'd do a performance for the parents and the family. And yeah, it was always oh, a fun time. Wow. What were some of like the musical theatre productions you got to take part in? Do you remember? We did Oliver. That was when I was like four or five we oh, did group. Oliver. <laughs> we also did like The Sound of Music. And I was like five. Yeah, all the ones that need kids. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like we were all the same age. So I was a five-year-old five playing Captain Von Trapp. No way. That's <laughs> <laughs> Trying to look around and be like, I know you're six, but I'm your dad. <laughs> like looking at my kids who probably were a little bit older than me because mm-hmm. I was probably the youngest out of the group. Yeah, and like, the age yeah. between like five and seven is like a thousand years. Yeah. Like it might as well be another species. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that was that – was, <laughs> A time. Um, yep. <laughs> also did Jafar and Aladdin, which was fun. Yes. Um, loved being a villain. I mm. found that very fun. I think 
that is also villains are very camp and a, yes. a, a villain like Jafar, he's honestly if that is that should be put into the Flynn category. Oh, okay. So I now think, the Flynn box gets yourself yes. and Jafar. Yeah, that's because great. Honestly, when you look at him, he's like he's got drag makeup on. Oh, completely. And the costume, the outfit, the all of it. There's a lot of breaking down now of those villains being like queer coded, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Which is very exciting. So, I know. I kind of love it. <laughs> exactly where you want it to be. Like, yes, we all we all knew. We've all been screaming about yeah. Ursula being divine for like <gasps> twenty plus years. Yes. And you only just figured uh, it out. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you only just learn? Yeah, that would be the the go to. Obviously, yeah. would be to cast divine, but yeah. we can't. So that's okay. This isn't what this podcast is about. It's no. for me to just get mad about Disney <laughs> films. There must be about a thousand podcasts that do that. So my apologies. Go find whatever. <laughs> go find that one. <laughs> I'm sure there's a podcast called like we're mad about the mermaid.com or oh, something. So like go. Oh my God. <laughs> go be mad Not my it. aerial. Oh my God. <laughs> not here. Not here. No, no. Love. So excited. <laughs> yeah. So excited. Okay. That's not it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. Um, so I got a tattoo of the word. Uh, Merde. Uh, French for shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's great. French for shit. Yeah. I was wondering. I was like, I wonder why that is there. But is it? it also means good luck. It's a good luck saying for performers in France as well. It's something oh. that performers say, like how in Australia we're like chookers. I don't like chookers. Yeah, I mean, it's, Am I in opera? You probably did this in when you studied oh, yeah. classical music too. Toy, toy, toy. Oh, oh it's awful, isn't yeah. it? It's the worst. I dislike it oh. intensely, but toy, toy, toy is what we used to say backstage. Because, like, saying good luck or break a leg, that was considered as a performer, like, you don't you don't say that. Yeah, you don't say good luck, and then it became break a leg, and it's like, don't say break a leg because then because that's naff too. Yeah. Um, and then you're liable. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then you're liable. Um, and then I don't know where chookers came from, though. It's so Australian. Chookers. Chookers. Chookers naff. Mm, and then operas, we said toy, 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 which... Oof. I despise of. So now I say quack. Wow. Because chookers sounds like a chicken and I prefer ducks, so I say quack. So people go chookers and I go quack. <laughs> and they must go this bitch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what is she doing? I'm trying to think what I say now these days. I feel like uh, me you and my like friends. You just like thumbs up like, uh-huh. No, I feel like these days we're like, let's go cunts. Or just <laughs> or like, well. <laughs> Let's, hey, let's <laughs> fuck give, it up. Go. Let's, let's fuck, it, let's fuck up. it up. No, that's actually, no. I remember you giving me a flashback. Fuck, fuck it, it up. up. Let's go. Fuck yeah. it up. Mm. That'll work. I heard uh, legendary icon um, Serenity Von Vada say fuck it up to me before. And I'm like, oh, I like that the best. Yeah. That's that's the correct one. Me yeah. saying, me yelling quack at a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I don't get hired anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> she never worked in this town again. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so um, for Flynn, obviously as a drag performer, it's like discovering your art form and that all of that good stuff that came from like this spark of oh my gosh, I actually enjoy performing. Mm. How do you think Flynn has changed between like when you began and now? Um, I wear a lot more makeup now. <laughs> <laughs> As we learn to apply it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I think my perspective is a bit different. Um, I think I kind of know what I want now. Um, mm. I'm not really, I mean, I am still learning because I think it's always good to learn and it's always good to 
find new skills and uh, absorb new information, talk to people and then like learn from them, mm. especially people that have like a shitload of experience that have done this for like totally for yes. ages. Yeah. Um, so I'm always learning, but I think I've just, I hold myself better. I'm not as mm. scared as what I was. Oh, yes. Because like coming, going from music theater to classical voice, that was like, that transition was um, pretty, pretty easy because it's all kind of, I feel like it's in the same world of like, you're, you're with a big group. Mm. You then go into a rehearsal space and then you do your thing with your director mm-hmm. and your choir. You're learning someone else's material usually. Ooh, that's Whereas, such a good point. Yep. Like this is like I have to create my own stuff. Mm-hmm. I have to figure out my own costume designs with obviously the help of many fabulous people that have dressed me. <laughs> um, I've got to f- create my own acts. I've got to... Uh, figure out these new ideas with how I want to present myself mm. or, or create a show. And that's a lot harder. Yeah. It's fucking hard. Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier to be like, well, that's how Mozart wrote it. Yeah. Um, bye. Yeah. And like, that's no, like, that's not me to discredit like uh, actors. No, and that's all what that. I'm doing. I'm sitting over here doing that. <laughs> <laughs> because no. it's, I, I, I would assume, I mean, I know finding your own unique interpretation of that character is Really Very challenging. Yeah. And then to be able to deliver it in a way that's like, fuck yeah, mm. well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but creating new work is hard. Yeah. It's hard. And creating new work work that is good and that is worth people's money mm. is even harder. Yeah. And yeah. worth – I always try and like tick not just like worth the $30 entry fee, but I want to be worth like you not staying and watching Netflix. I want to yes. be worth you – parking somewhere inconvenient. Yes. I want to be worth um, you having to like buy a drink in the space. I want to be worth like you getting that babysitter. Like I want to be worth all of the other planning that goes around an event, not just like the cost. You're staying out late. Yeah, I want to be worth a taxi fair home. I I don't want you to be in that taxi or that Uber and being like, God, what a waste of my hundred bucks. Yeah, like, literally. Although I only got 30 of it, like mm. your whole night out was so, like a much bigger experience yes. and I want to be worth all that effort. I want to be worth you putting on foundation. Yeah, literally. You know? Exactly <laughs> right because, I mean, it takes me a long time to put on this makeup and all of that. So I hope <laughs> it goes both ways. Yeah. I want the audience to put in effort but I want to put in the effort yeah, as well. Yeah, it would be worth you putting on mascara tonight. <laughs> yes. Oh, I wish it was just mascara. <laughs> No, it is definitely not. You've got an incredibly like definitive, unique uh, shapes that you go for now, especially around yeah. like the beard contouring and stuff. How did you land on that? Um, I've still got a bit left in from a gig I did last night. I've still got a bit of it stained in my beard. It's, but, um, it's a look. It's a moment. It's a moment. It's, a moment. it's, it's uh, skincare. Look, my eyes at the moment, you can't. You at home cannot see this, but my eyes are giving a bit of a raccoon vibe. I mean, all um, the more benefit for me, the one who yes, gets to look at yes, you. Yes, you get to see it. Get Thank see it. fuck this is not being filmed. <laughs> um, but I kind of went into it. Uh, look. I just was started. I started out doing garage doors on my eyelids, mm. um, just playing with eyeshadow, and I was like, "Wow!" I looked back and I was like, "Wow!" I really thought I was doing something here. Right. I really <laughs> thought I was turning it, um, and then I was just like, I just kept doing it more and more, and then just finding new ways that made the makeup fit my face better. I was putting it yes. in places that it was meant like that fit my face, like I. I tried different, like, bringing it out more. And I was like, oh, that doesn't really go with the way that my 
like my my facial structure works. Yes. Um, and I really liked the fact that I kept my beard and my natural hair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how can I make that a bit more interesting? Yeah. Instead of just like. Oh, this. he couldn't afford a wig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Oh, we couldn't afford it. Oh, okay. I was like, well, let me put a white line like around my beard to kind of highlight that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also put that same white line like just underneath my brow bone yeah. as well to kind of like match it. Um, it's. I'm such a big fan. And I always find it really interesting when people like step beyond like what they think they're supposed to do mm-hmm. in terms of like makeup and like it's and painting in general. It's really interesting because obviously at first we all go like, where's my YouTube tutorial? Yeah. I need to Google like five ways to contour a round face, enter, like <laughs> <laughs> help me please. Yes. <laughs> and then you move hopefully eventually. Not, not if you're me. If you're me, you just stay in really big eyeliner and you go like, you know what, we're done. <laughs> and then you just quit. <laughs> but most people like evolve beyond that. And like, I love what you do with your makeup now. Oh, so you. cool. So incredibly cool. Um, in a similar vein, coming up with like these incredible makeups, how do you like look for inspiration for your acts now? Um, I. It's interesting. It's usually, it. I don't know how I figure out my acts, it will come to me at the most random moments. Mm. Are so, you one of those people who carries on a notebook ready to write stuff down? It's I like use that. my notes app sometimes. Oh, and like mm-hmm. just write technology, st- yeah. you old woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, prehistoric, wow. how dare you. Uh, paper? Mm, Hieroglyphics no. into the wall. <laughs> mm, that's... Do you hate trees? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I use my notes app. Um, it's And it's at random times. Like I feel like when I... One of my more well-known acts is my fire act. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where I like open the book and flames come out. It's camp. I thought of that on the toilet. I love that. I was doing a shit. <laughs> Great. And I was listening to music and it was When a Fire Starts to Burn by Disclosure mm-hmm. and then another song called Heater by KLP. And I like I had obviously known these songs for ages. I was like, what can I do to, like, make mm. this a story? And then I listened to, like, the music video and this preacher does, like, this speech in the beginning about life and then he goes into, like, and one more thing about life, uh, when a fire starts to burn and then it goes into yeah. that. And that kind of sparked this idea of, like, oh, okay, let's kind of, like, flesh out this act Um and then I decided to combine three different songs into that one act mm. that were all kind of fire-related. So the main song is KLP's Heater, but on top of that I sampled the When a Fire Starts to Burn yep. part and then later on I sampled, I used the sample of um, You Little Beauty by Fisher, which is like, yes. you got me burning, <laughs> you got me bur-. So I kind of combined that all together to create this track that was very unique mm. And then, yeah, it kind of developed an act around that. What I love is every time when I get to talk up to artists is just, like, the external work that goes into an act. So a lot of people might, like, go and see a drag show and not understand that, like, more than likely someone has sat down with a free version of Garage Band and pieced <laughs> together seven songs yes. to make the track you see before you tonight. And I love, like, all those little yeah. details. It's so cool. And a, a thing that I hate um, – and this is no show to any other performers. This is what I, I'm going to say this is what I hate for myself, <laughs> for myself, yep. is harsh transitions in songs. Mm. And when you can tell it's 
it, it's not smooth. It's just like, ooh, ooh, that's yeah. a bit, ooh. Yeah, you're so, really shoehorning starships in here right now and it didn't literally. need to be there. Yeah. So I want, I want it to sound as professional as possible and, um, yeah, it did take a lot of time to figure it out but it was definitely worth it because it's fucking, it's one of my favourites to do. Yes. Um, I'm also very inspired by like uh, like – 80s and 90s fashion, mm-hmm. so like big shoulder pads. Um, love a big shoulder pad. Yes, um, kind of like outrageous fabrics, like leopard print. Mm. Um, I love big uh, oversized leather jackets with like baggy leather pants. Yeah, like I, I always see like Flynn is like a, a very shapes based person. It's yeah. like I'm doing triangles and I'm doing rectangles to like oh, the yeah. biggest extent, or like whatever shapes you seem to be like digging at that moment. Absolutely, because then. When the clothes come off, it's it's less shapes, <laughs> less shapes. It's more like just um, this uh, rectangle, this long rectangle. But that's okay. We'll build we up. Love long rectangles. We'll build yeah. up the upper body uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. But now is not the time. No, it's not the time. No, no one has the time no. to do that. Also, like then you'd have to redo so many costumes. To oh, like, I know. I know. You I may know. as well just stick with what you got. I know. <laughs> that's the thing. Like I've started like putting on some weight and like like building up a bit more mm. muscle and like. Fitting into like old G strings and old shorts because my ass has gotten a bit bigger. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we love to see oh, it. We love to see it. Yeah. Um, pulling them up, up a bit, I'm like that is a lot tighter. And um, <laughs> especially if they have press studs on them, which a lot Ooh, of my ow. outfits do. Yeah. Um, if I move, it will just snap right off me. Mm. So I have to. And get then if them you say still, it'll dig into your skin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, can you take out the crotch on this? Yeah. yeah. Can you just expand this a bit so when I move, they. They don't snap by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like this to come off when I want it to come exactly off. Exactly right. So much. Oh. Um, and talking about all the work that you've done, like locally with Fringe and all that sort of stuff, is where I'd love to pick it up from when we come back from our break. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. back staring at the gorgeous Flynn V. And before we went to break, we started talking about your Fringe World experiences, the ass development of 2023. <laughs> um, and I really want to talk to you about like, so you've done shows not only just in Perth, not only just in Australia, but across the world, which is like really cool. Um, what has your experience been looking at the Perth art scene when compared to other art scenes? Ooh, um, Perth art scene, I love the Perth art scene, obviously, because I grew up here. But mm-hmm. I think because 
Perth is so small and so isolated. Nothing like nothing really happens here, but that's also that's a lie. Yeah. But the <laughs> it's the idea that nothing really happens here, but yeah. when in reality a lot happens here and maybe not as much uh, quantity as other cities. Yeah. Like I've been living in Sydney the last kind of year, year mm-hmm. like on and off last year in 2022. And um, to compare like Perth has a lot of creativity when it's like it, it has a lot of unique artistic perspectives, mm-hmm. which I have not seen uh, a lot of elsewhere. Like, Every city has, like, a lot of artistic perspectives. But Perth has something very unique about it and I don't know if that's because people are bored. (laughs) People are bored and they've got no choice but to, like, explore these new ideas. Yeah. Um, I found being in Sydney, it's very... uh, It's very... I don't know how to put it, like, a factory... Oh, interesting. In the sense of like there's a lot more money involved in Sydney. There's a lot mm-hmm. more companies paying for these artists. But it is kind of like a lot of the same types of performances right, produced. as soon as you've got it at a corporate level, the restrictions come in. Yes, right. absolutely. They don't want to see a messy act. They mm. want to see uh, a drag queen do girls just want to have fun or I want to dance with somebody right. which is great yes. which is fun so valid yes love it um but when it comes down to like the uniqueness um that is not as present in the corporate world totally because you have to sell it to most of the time these straight white men mm-hmm. yeah and they need to be able to digest it because Unfortunately, just seeing a drag queen is already well, oh, it's so much to handle. Still? Still. Yeah, right. Yeah. So but so I think Perth has so many unique artists and I find Perth I, I well I definitely when I started out, I know this is definitely this was definitely the case, but I found everyone worked a lot. Like mm. it worked really hard. Mm-hmm. Like and I, I think that's thanks to like um, like the people that have been doing drag for a long time in this scene. Yeah. You, I found that you had to really be able to dance, mm. um, and not just dance like step touch. Like you have to be able to go hard with this choreography mm-hmm. if you want to do regular work. Yeah. Um, whereas in Sydney, you can do a step touch and a split, and it's it's good. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Maybe it is good enough. Maybe it is good enough over there. Um, but I found that choreography, like big, mm. hardcore choreography sequences are rare over there. And it might be maybe one drag queen with like four dancers over there. But here it's like the whole cast is uh, is drag performance yeah. doing the hardcore chore. Which is really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, because it, then it shows like, holy shit, there's this whole group of people mm. that can really like go hard. Yeah. Um, How do you then take like that idea and then look at the shows that you've done internationally? And yeah. Like, what, are, what, what is Perth 
like compared to a place like Edinburgh? Because that's like a different world again. Well, yeah. I mean, I was only in Edinburgh and did that last week of Fringe and I was performing every night. So I didn't get to see a lot of different yes. shows. Yeah, I think that's really important to always mention about yeah. Edinburgh. <laughs> You're not going to all those other shows. No, I wish, but mm. I did not get to see a lot of them. Um, but over there, doing Edinburgh Fringe is not – you don't go there to make money. Mm. You don't go there to – if you break even, you've already won. Yes, 100%. Like that is like the goal. The goal is to break even. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, artists will not break even. Yep. And you have to go into that expecting that. Um, I find Fringe World, there is an opportunity to be able to make a bit more money. Yes. Um, and I think it also helps that we live here. <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> that yeah. does help. That's always useful. Like people that live in Edinburgh probably think the same when coming to Perth or to Adelaide. Yes. Fringe, they're like, well... My goal when I come to Perth or Adelaide is to break even, mm-hmm. whereas when they do Edinburgh Fringe, they can make money. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting how it works. It's a lot bigger. Like Edinburgh's huge during Fringe time. Yeah, it's which is like surprising since wild. it's quite small geographically. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's the biggest fringe in the world. Yeah. Followed by Adelaide, then followed by Perth. Yeah, so we're doing all right, isolated little city, Perth. Yeah, Number I know. three. There you go. Yeah. And then Melbourne and Sydney also have a fringe, but that's like Melbourne fringe. I did. I was there for a few days in Melbourne fringe mm-hmm. last year, and that was like it's all right. Um, not nearly as big as Adelaide or Perth, and mm-hmm. then Sydney fringe barely got a bit of any attention. Yeah, right. Which is wild. Mm. That, um, but I think that goes into Sydney has an oversaturation of uh, of arts. Yes, things this is on. this is fair. Yeah, like. Yeah. For them, Sydney Fringe, that's just another weekend out. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas when Perth Fringe is on, it's like uh, people look forward to this time of year because it's kind of like the only time of year that this type of thing happens. Mm. And it's one long month of hectic fabulousness. Yeah, which is something we're like slowly walking out of to as well. It's like getting the news to the rest of the world that like, oh, we also do shows for the rest of the year Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's the thing. You like this? You can see it in, in June. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you m- must have found this, like selling tickets during Fringe compared to selling them like middle of the year. I don't, yeah. It is insane. A hundred percent. It's People want to come see your show during Fringe, but mm-hmm. then – if you're offering them something better or the same during middle of the year. Yeah, probably at a better price because you're not paying all the fees surrounding yeah. everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then people just not. Don't want it anymore. Don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird. It is something that I think Perth is definitely trying to actively work on. Yeah. Is to be like, we do stuff all year all round. Year, yes. And it's all at that high quality. Yes. And we can have artists that make art their number one and then have things that are secondary to it, but, like, that's, like, their primary, oh, no, their primary thing. But it is definitely something that is, it's a hard slog. I remember, oh, my God, the stupidest mistake that I ever made um, as a new producer was putting on a not fringe show in January. Uh, (laughs) What? Like a moron. (laughs) Like a moron. Like, really, really bad idea. Like, it was a great time. Yeah. But no one... Everyone's like, oh, it's in Fringe? You're like, no, no, it's not in Fringe. You have to go to a different website. And then that's just like, no, oh. sorry, you've lost all of my yeah. attention. How did that show go? Did it go okay? It went fine. Okay. Like it went fine. Like in the I broke even sort of fine. Yeah, which is great. Like 
as a baby producer, it's again That's, like all you can really want for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not something that I'd probably actively go into no, doing again. No. Very stressful. Yes. Very stressful. Like it's not stressful enough. No. <laughs> producing's hard. Yeah. Producing's really real hard. hard. Yeah. And I didn't realize until I started producing how hard it is. Yeah. Um, I was always like, oh, that. Well, that's good. Like, well done, producer. Um, <laughs> but now that I'm doing it, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Like the amount of admin work that <laughs> require, and especially if you're producing by yourself. Yeah. And you don't have anyone else helping mm-hmm. you. Holy shit! It is insanity yeah. how much work it takes. Yeah. Because everyone is relying on you, and especially if you're also performing in the show that you're producing. Yeah. That's yeah, you've got to – whenever like, I'm yeah. doing that, I'm definitely like, well, it's going to be an act you've – it's going to be one of the good duties that live in the bag and we know we can just pull it out when I need to pull that act out or Absolutely. that performance out. It's not going to be a brand new act because I'm too busy answering emails and trying to figure out once again how the Instagram algorithm works because <laughs> it's changed. It keeps changing. Yeah. It's so annoying. <laughs> but and every time you're a producer, like in drag, for yeah. example, you put on so many hats, like suddenly you're a costume designer, you're an audio editor, you are like a lip sync artist or a live singer and a dancer. You're doing all of these different yeah. things. Then you put the producer hat on and you go, oh, I wasn't doing shit. <laughs> I was not. I wasn't doing a single thing. Why was I complaining before? Mm-hmm. Because Now I'm a marketer and I'm a manager and I'm a HR person and I'm like doing all. It's not. Yeah. It's not it's it. It's wild. It's not it. And the thing is I didn't learn how to be any of those things. Me neither. I learned how to sing. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I learned how to do. So that's what I can do and the rest is just. I learned how to sing and dance mm. and now. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Here we are doing not that, which is the thing I want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's always something that I think about as a producer too, is that you put on a show so you can do the thing you want to be doing, mm-hmm. whether it's like singing, dancing, acting, circus, whatever. Absolutely. And then you do that 5% of the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that you can do everything else surrounding it. Yeah. But gosh, production talk. Production. Is a whole thing. I know. It's the whole thing. How do you put on productions interstate? Because that's something that you're doing and have done. <laughs> well, I uh, doing Adelaide Fringe. Uh, I'm taking my show club freak out to Adelaide Fringe. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I'm taking any show of mine elsewhere out of Perth, mm. which is fucking terrifying to be honest Mm. um i'm very lucky that the venue i'm doing it at it's at the pyramid in victoria square it's a brand new like big uh venue um it's this huge circus tent i'm very lucky that that the people running the venue are so supportive and so like in love with the idea Mm. um so i feel like i have a lot of i have a good backup, like good people behind me Mm. to support the idea. Um, But it's terrifying because it's like at least in Perth I can rely on – at the end of the day, if if I'm very, very desperate to sell tickets, I can reach out to many people here, family, friends, other connections, whatever, Mm -hmm. and I can fucking force them to bring to the show. (laughs) I can – Go so far and be like, please help me. I'm very much struggling. Totally. Whereas elsewhere at the moment is a different story. Yeah. And like if you take the last few years of 
more forced isolation into account. Yeah. Any connections that you thought you had yes. outside of your bubble, outside of your square, chances are you don't have them anymore yeah. because they weren't nurtured during that time. Absolutely. So you're walking into a stage you've never seen before <laughs> and people you don't know need to buy tickets to a thing. <laughs> Having venue. So uh, last year when I did my show, it was at the Rekabai. Mm-hmm. And a good thing about doing it at a venue that is always there mm. is that you can go in any time and look at the venue and see how you want to set yep. it up. And more than likely talk to somebody who knows how to run front of house yes. or like who's doing the damn thing there, yeah. Whereas I, with these Spiegel tents and these tents, they're getting built a week before the show opens. Yep. And I, that's not enough time to, for the production part, like the, if I want to have like, a gorgeous sign hanging up at the back with like that fits the theming or mm-hmm. if I want to have stuff on the stage. Oh, you that can't I'm have like, stuff. <laughs> no, I can't have stuff. You can't if have I'm... stuff and props and sets aren't like a thing Yeah, in these spaces. No. And then your bump in and out time is like massively reduced if mm-hmm. you do want stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, it's, it's very, so that's a big struggle because I've, because I also don't know what the lighting's like and I don't, mm. like, I mean, yes, you can, they give you, like, the tech specs. That's just a list. That's a list and then it shows you where the, those lights are on, like, a, on a flat, on map. A flat yeah. map. But I'm like, I don't know what any of that means. Right? Oh, my God, that's such a big deal for me because I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm not somebody who can look at an empty room and then be like, oh, yes, and then this will go here and this will go there and it'll look great. Like I'm yeah. not I'm not that sort of visual person. Uh, yeah. I'm, I can't do that. I can't like pre-think about what something's going to be. So if I get a bird's eye view, which, by the way, is never an angle that I've ever looked at a venue from, no. ever, but that's like the, the angle they'll give you is a, something you'll never see. No. And then they'll be like, LX79432BK goes here. And you're like, okay. What? What, what does that great. light do? Well, I don't know what that means. What, do, what does that light and do? You it's like, it, it's oh, like, oh, it's white. Thank you so much. You Google it. It's <laughs> like, you. oh, it's actually a speaker. It's like, whoa. Yeah, great. Thank you. It's actually just a cable. And it's yeah. like, what? The only thing that's helping me is the fact that it has an L there. And I go, well, I assume that that's lights. Um, yeah. That's it. Thank it's you. So, it's so confusing. Um, and that's another part with producing that mm. it's like something that, I mean, yes, you can ask for advice um, a yeah. lot of the time, but it's like it's also – when you have so many things to do, it's hard sometimes to ask for that advice mm. because it's overwhelming. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in these shows, we do love to put them on, but let's like bring our lens back in to the local art scene oh, yes. as somebody who has performed and like spent, is spending like basically half and half time mm. here and on the East Coast and stuff. What can Perth do to continue to become like a better art scene in your opinion? I think supporting each other, mm. honestly. Mm-hmm. I think especially the last, and this is not just, I think this, like, let me, oh, I've had a mind <laughs> moment. That's okay. I think in general the drag scene and the performance scene doesn't feel as uh, together as what it did maybe back in 2019 pre-COVID. Okay. Um, I think... The the good thing now, which is different from back then, is that there is so much more inclusivity. Mm. Like there's so many more BIPOC performers, totally. trans performers, like uh, queer identities of all sorts yes. are now performing, um, which I think is is was so way overdue, but mm-hmm. I'm so glad we have that now. Um, and 
I think people have struggled, like that aside, I think people have struggled um, coming out of COVID, uh, coming back together mm. and trying to remember like, we're all here, we're all queer, we're <laughs> all we're, like, why are, we, why are we attacking each other? Why yeah. are we like going against each other? Like, I feel like a lot of people uh, fuss over petty stuff yep. a lot more than what they used to. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to just keep supporting each other. And I think that will make Perth stronger yes. and more resilient to anything that will be thrown against it. Because Perth, the Perth scene has been through some fucking shit, especially oh, yeah. over the last few years. Mm-hmm, 100%. Um, so I think we just need to keep supporting each other and... By supporting each other, that is just like checking up on each other, making sure we're all doing okay, not doing shady Instagram posts <laughs> on our close friend's story, um, yep. which and buying tickets to shows mm. and going out and like learning from these other performers that have been mm. doing it for a few years being now. Being active in the scene that you want to see, exactly. I think, is always one of like being as somebody who's not a drag performer. There's like not a lot I can say about the drag scene, obviously, so yeah. I won't. But in any art scene, being present and active in the scene that you want to be a part of is so important. Absolutely, and I found starting out to learn. I went to so many fringe shows, so many local shows. Mm. So many stuff to just learn uh, before I did anything just so I could come in not being like, ah, this is blah. Like at the end of the day, this is people's work. This is people's lives. We can't just like pull the piss. Totally. And you can't just like instead like going and seeing their show and seeing the art that they do is probably a thousand times better holistically than it is for you to like message your favorite artist and be like, hey, can you just like tell me how you did it? Yeah, literally. Or like, hey, can you give me a lesson? Or like, hey, can you get me free entry into a nightclub? A hundred percent. Hey, can I get a comp ticket? Hey, can I just come to your show for free? I really want to learn. No, buy a ticket. Then literally. You want to go to school, pay to go to school. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And like, I get it. Like a lot of people may not have the funds um, and all of that. But if you don't have the funds to uh, go and see these performances, Mm. you will not have the funds to support you doing this as a career, which I have found out early on that this is not, like especially in your first couple of years, you're not making fucking anything being able to pursue a career in the arts especially a full-time career is a privilege yeah not a right and it's like definitely something that even you've got to remind yourself even though you've put like hard work in and even though you've like done all of this that and the other you've got to remind yourself this is a privilege it is a privilege to be able to like perform for people yeah and have that be like the center of my my thing my being whatever yeah absolutely yeah um and it's hard. Mm. It's like that's – I think that's what a lot of people, especially a lot of new people, um, and then and then I also didn't understand as well mm. growing up, I mean, starting out, like actually how hard it is to do this. Um, but I believe it's – it is doable. Yes. Because – we have many people that can do it and it's like... Oh, and, and who do? Like, and who, who do, do it? it? Yeah. Um, so I think just learn, learn, mm. respect each other, learn, support each other. I think, and oh, 
be patient. Yes. That is mm-hmm. something I wish I could go back and tell myself when I was starting out mm. was be patient. Just like... You don't have to be top shit week exactly. three. That's exactly. not it. Mm-hmm. Like, you and you won't be. You aren't. <laughs> yeah, and you won't be. You aren't. Like just because you're not getting asked to do this show uh, when you've only been doing this for six months yep. compared to someone that's been doing this for like eight years mm. who's got this many titles or has been travel, who has yes. all the experience or whatever. Yeah. Like just be patient, be grateful, um, be patient, be grateful and learn. Mm. I think that is like the perfect place to leave our chat today. Uh, Remember, everyone, if you like this podcast, you can like us across social media, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app, or send us a question to waexposepod at gmail.com. And we'll ask our next incredible guest. Flynn, you want to tell us where to find you? Plug your pluggables. Oh, yes. You can find me on Instagram at at Flynn Vincent. I know the government name. How dare me? I know. What? What is this? Flynn V is taken, but I'm going to work that out to make sure (laughs) I can own that. Um, I gotta love someone who knows it off the top of their head. That is, uh, that is primo shit. That is primo wank talk. I love it. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I've had to write that many times. Mm -hmm. It's like, I better learn them. Better learn them. (laughs) Better know what I'm doing. I better better know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm doing. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's been fab. Thank you everyone for listening. WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA expose. I'm actually going to go turn the air conditioner on. I was just thinking that. I'm going to go turn the air conditioner on. So while I'm doing that, I don't know. You want to tell us a story? We'll just keep it going and I'll delete it if it's shit. Um... (laughs)